The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Welcome to Spectrumly Speaking. I'm Haley Moss, an author, attorney, advocate, and I'm also autistic. I feel very lucky every single time that we're here at Spectrumly to get to share the little stage that we got here with my one and only co-host who will now introduce herself. Hi, I'm Dr. Lori Butts. I'm a psychologist and an attorney. It is great to get to talk to you. I feel like it has been way too long And for all of you listeners who have been wondering, Haley, Dr. Butts, why hasn't there been a recent episode of Spectrumly Speaking? We're still here. (laughs) We are still here. We just uh, had a lot of scheduling uh, issues, so we are still here. How are you? Also still here, so we survived what feels like the longest month in history with National Disability Employment Awareness Month, and things going back to in-person travel, just a lot of things to be thinking about. It's been a, it's been a time, but I'm very glad that we're still here. And I understand that you've also been really busy. Yes, yes. And been in a protracted trial, so, um, which consumes a lot of time. So as I'm sure you're aware, it takes a lot of time and energy. So my schedule has been turned turned upside down for a while, but I'm back. You did it. And just so our listeners know, you are not you were not the lit person litigating the the trial, right? I'm a, I was consultant. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I'm like I always forget that the consultant, some of the expert witnesses that you all are just as invested and spend just as much time there as often the attorneys, the jurors, everybody else. It depends, right? So in this, this was a kind of interesting case where there's a lot of different expert witnesses that needed to be um, understood and a lot of data, a lot of scientific data and things like that. So um, I was only hired as a consultant not to testify or anything like that because to try and understand all of the different scientific um, information that was coming in. I, I helped distill it um, for the attorneys. Um, wow. So um, yeah, it was it, so cool. science, 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 a lot of science. So mm-hmm. Every, I think since the last time we spoke, speaking of courtrooms, I actually got a summons for jury duty and I was very nervous and very excited only for the county to end up sending me a text message like the night before saying that I wouldn't have to go. And then I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> and I was really excited to get to share with you <laughs> and everybody else here more mm. about the legal system from an autistic perspective because I have never been on a jury before. I have never had to serve jury duty. This was my first summons in the eight year, not in the seven years that I've lived here in the 10 years since I registered to vote as an 18 year old. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to go to court. I'm going to get my like $8 a day that the state pays you. Cause you know that they underpay you for your food allowance or whatever it is. You're like, awesome. This is going to be fantastic. It's going to be freezing. 
And then you find out, oh, I'm going to civil court, not the criminal building. I'm going to see something interesting. And then you get this unceremonious text message that you don't have to show up at eight o'clock in the morning. And then you wake up in a panic because my, my summons was for a Monday morning. You wake Ooh. up in a panic on Monday morning. You're like, oh my God, I don't have to go. And then you don't go and you spend the next week terrified that you're going to be held in contempt of court. <laughs> that was a fun story. <laughs> well, I it, I do appreciate that you take your jury service very seriously. There are those that do not. <laughs> I have never done jury service. I know very well from experience and other attorneys that usually they don't pick other attorneys to serve on the jury because you know too much. Well, but I was still very excited to say, to all of our listeners, friends, and even get to write about the experience of here are the ways for those of us who might not know that much about jury service, that it's inaccessible or a huge routine change. Like I was prepared to cancel my entire week in the event that I got selected. I didn't know because I was supposed to go to, this was actually right before Hurricane Ian because I was supposed to go to Fort Myers that Friday. Mm -hmm. And I was terrified that if I got picked for a week-long trial, I wouldn't be able to go to Fort Myers. And I had to put them on notice. And every single person who knew I was serve, potentially serving on a jury knew that there was a chance that I would get nothing done all week and it would be a disaster. But I was very excited to get to go, hey, court is really inaccessible. It's really cold. You should always pack a sweater. I was excited to tell all of our listeners the stuff that nobody else tells you or that, yes. If you run through a metal shoe, because I, I learned this because my shoes, when I worked at court a couple of years ago, had buckles on them and they would always set off the metal detector, but certain metal detectors are not like the ones at the airport and they set off noise and other things. Yeah. So I would have liked to have let you know if that is a thing that happens at court. And well, you know what you, you need to do is not wear metal shoes as wear sneakers. I wore the ones with the pretty things on them. I thought they well, were <laughs> I didn't know they would set off the metal detector. Then you're going to have to take them off and walk through barefoot, which is an awful experience. Ugh, I don't want to be barefoot at court. I already done, I've already done it at airports before. I'd rather not. It's awful. Awful. Ugh. And and the, the thing about jury service and inaccessibility is you're right that um, there's not much appreciation for the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, how it, it really does dismantle a week, uh, of your schedule. Cause you don't know, even if you're on call, you know, sometimes they do the on call things. So they tell you not to show up on Monday, but then show up on Tuesday or Wednesday. And, yeah. and, and it, it, it really needs to be transformed. Um, it is, um, it's, it's important service. I'm not, I'm not, but the logistics really need to be worked out, especially this day and age with electronics. And I don't know, I think that, I think certainly that it can be, um, the, the logistics can be worked out, um, much better, but there are so many issues like that and where to park and what to wear and bringing food yeah. with you, bringing water with you, bringing a book or bringing a Kindle and, um, you know, all it's kinds so of things. stressful. Yes. 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 But I, I promise you you'll get selected again. <laughs> very quickly. Just in the week leading up to it. Well, they say once you've been summoned, you don't get anything for at least 12 months. No, no. So it's going to be at least a year before I have another update on whether or not your I don't believe it. autistic lawyer is going to jury duty. Right. I've been picked on two juries, by the way, as, as an attorney and a psychologist, I've been picked on two juries. And so. how did that go? Um, one, one 
they could tell that I was displeased. Um, the attorneys and the judge could tell that during the trial, I was um, displeased with the way that everyone was handling the trial. And so I suspect, I don't know this for sure, but I suspect that they declared a mistrial because of my displeasure. You knew too much. Um, I, it was, um, I already feel that way. I'm like, I already know you guys threw out a ton of evidence in pretrial discussions and hearings. <laughs> right. I know that there's all sorts of inadmissible hearsay and God knows what that we're missing here, but it, it's all good. And then, I, and then the second jury I was on, I was actually on with another attorney. There were two attorneys oh, no. on, and, uh, and he wound up being a very good friend of mine and his daughter was my age and I wound up meeting his daughter. Now she's a very good friend of mine. So, um, it was a very pleasant, lovely experience, but that one, we, we rendered a verdict, um, which and was, and you made a friend and I made a friend. Exactly. Exactly. And that was only one day. It, the whole selection process, I believe. And the trial itself the was, trial was, yeah, was all in one day. That's the best kind of trial. <laughs> right. Right. That's not a major life disruption. Right. 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 And, and I mean, you know, it's shocking that there are people that can have lives disrupted. And, and again, it, 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 jury so service is so important. It's very, very important, but I do. I do. I, I don't know how to solve the problem, but I do think that there are, there are many, many issues that have to be resolved mm-hmm. in the whole. It's the just whole Yeah. And especially I thought about this because the only, all the communications, except for my original summons were all electronic. Oh, really? Yeah. So I got emails. And you, have at, you have to sign at Miami-Dade. They make you sign up on a court website to fill out your court questionnaire. Okay. They emailed and texted me that I didn't have what courthouse I was going to and when I had to show up. And I kept thinking how much would this impact someone who might not have reliable internet access or that doesn't have a smartphone? You know, interesting when I was um, so poorly thought out, like I understand that it makes it a lot easier to automate it that way. But other than my paper summons and my original ticket for parking validation or whatever it was and a little badge number, everything else was electronic. And, and of course there's the, you can call this number the day before or whatever, but it would have been extremely helpful. I think to have had more correspondence that wasn't just emails and text messages based on what I had signed up for. Like I'm saying that because I think about our community members who may need things in a second language, may need to speak with somebody that that information is not always as readily available as it should be. And I found some of the court websites a little difficult to go through. Yeah. The last time I served on a jury, you had to just, they just gave you a phone number and you had to call in. So that's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Things have changed, but, but I I think what you're saying is, is better. Um, cause it was like, you had to wait by the phone and call after a certain time. Yeah. That's what happened with my parents is my mom. The last time both my parents got summons, I remember that you called the night before at about right. like after 5 p.m. And then right. you and you looked at what your juror number was right. and right. like numbers one through 100 show up Monday morning, exactly. numbers 200 through 299, you're excused. Like they would tell you that in this automated recording. Right. And I honestly find that a lot easier for in the, but the email that I got, I remember being really annoyed getting it at like 8 p.m. on a Saturday, I think it was too. And then the text came on Sunday. 
So I was already conflicted, like, who do I call? And you know, there's no court, there's not a lot of court personnel really working on a weekend, except for criminal court, because this was a non-criminal court that I was supposed to report to. So I'm like, criminal, there's people there on the weekend because people commit crimes regardless of what day of the week it is. And arrests happen and bail hearings and arraignments happen. But, yeah, but the jury don't... stuff is shut down. That's all shut down on the weekend. Yeah, and there's no real civil court staff that's there on a weekend. So I was like, I can't even call anyone to confirm this. I guess I can call at 7 a.m. on Monday and pray. That somebody answers. <laughs> pray that somebody answers. And if I leave late, I'm already in contempt because I was supposed to be there at 8. <laughs> so like for my rule following, very yeah. little, rigid autistic self, that was it was a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. For someone who ended up not having to serve in the end, right? Right. So I I've been thinking about that experience a lot, even though that's been almost a month, a little over a month now, I think. Mm -hmm. But whoa, that was a something. Wow. Yeah. That was the story that I didn't think I was going to tell today, but that was definitely (laughs) a weird experience I've had recently. And I was really excited to get to report to everybody all about, and I had, and I have nothing to share other than how weird it was to just find out. Like, by the way, you're not going. Well, you have stuff to share, and I, I, just in that experience, you're sharing, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Whew, that was, and I'm glad, I'm glad it's behind us, though. Yes, and and so you you were going to Fort Myers before the hurricane? I went literally three days before I went that weekend, right before for an event. And I, and every, and we were worried about the cone. People were going to go to Publix the next day. They thought most of it was going to go to Tampa and we know what happened. Wow. And so now are you doing some volunteer work for the hurricane? I'm trying. So I signed up with the Florida bar for their disaster legal services hotline. So basically Folks will call, a volunteer will do an intake, and then they will send it out to us to hopefully answer their questions on a limited pro bono basis or be able to refer them out. So I'm very grateful to be able to do something. Yeah, that's really um, devastating. I mean, obviously. And and sometimes what I've learned from speaking with callers, the first thing I always ask them is, first off, are you okay? Is your family okay? Like a lot of them have property damage or something of that better they're usually calling about like who's paying for it or my insurer or some shady contractor knocked on my door and I signed something what do I do because a lot of people try to take advantage of a bad situation and honestly sometimes the best thing that I've learned is it I don't even have to have all the answers and I always feel bad that I don't have more answers but sometimes just being a kind and compassionate person goes a really long way that you were able to say I'm glad you're okay. I'm glad your family is safe and I'm going to do what I can to give you some resources. And I'm sorry that I can't do more. That's, that's a huge service. That's wonderful. That's absolutely right. People just want to feel supported. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. The very first person I spoke to, I remember being really nervous because I didn't know how to answer her questions. And she just ended up thanking me that somebody listened to her because the first time she told the story, I think it was, I don't remember if it was to another attorney or a police officer. She was telling me, she's like, I'm just glad somebody listened and took me seriously. Wow. And I didn't realize that was all I had to do. And then because she had damage, I was teaching her how to take photos with her phone and how to take save screenshots of text messages that she got because she didn't know how to do that. 
That's amazing, Haley. And I didn't realize that was the advice. I thought that I would be called on to give serious legal advice based on this 100-page manual that they gave us as volunteers. And it turned out I was helping this elderly woman take screenshots on her smartphone so then she could save the correspondence with the guy that essentially did her wrong. Wow. It's the little things. And that's what I think when we talk about community service, not just pro bono legal, because I think pro bono legals something we're intimidated by for many different reasons, whether it's the liability and experience in the area. As you probably know, as most listeners especially know, I'm a non-practicing attorney right now, and I have zero experience in consumer protection, zero. And that was enough to make me nervous, but I was like, you know what? There's probably something I can learn or something I could do. And look at that. There was absolutely something you could do. Teach somebody how to document their damage and how to send it to people. I mean, that's pretty amazing. It was something. Yes. And something very important to this woman. And it's the little thing. So if you're able to help people in your community, whether it's with a disaster or even anything for that matter, to make it a little bit of a better place or to help people that are in distress, you'd be shocked how far just being a good listener goes. Yes. Think about folks who volunteer with mental health stuff a lot too. Like you don't have to have all the answers. Right. Right. And And like you're saying, people, go ahead. It feels like sometimes there's a lot of pressure to have all the answers that maybe you have to be the person who saves this person or really does them a huge solid. But sometimes that good thing that they need is a lot smaller than being able to take their case to court. Right. And it's not small. It's, it's important. You know, it's, it's even just listening to someone for an hour. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Especially under the circumstances that you're volunteering, but any, any circumstance, people just want to feel connected. They want to feel heard Mm -hmm. and validated. Yeah. But they're going through a rough time. Mm-hmm. So we can wow. always help somebody. That's the other thing I learned since we've last spoken and that we're still here. And even if it means that we're not always helping our listeners who still feel helped, I hope, by our past recordings and other things that we've done, that we're still able to do things. You helped our community with when you're in trial and you're an expert helping consult on things, whether it's legal services, whether it's donation of clothes or something like you're able to help people in sometimes small, but also great ways. Yes. And that's very important. Helping others and being part of a community and supporting other people in a positive way is like, like all we can really nice to be a human being and to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those things that you realize is really special about humanity. As much as sometimes I think we have Great with the things that people do, people say that we realize at the end of it, there is some kind of inherent goodness to us. Right. Right. That makes me have hope. And hope's very important. Yes. Which means I also hope that we find a little bit of peace and we're both a little bit less busy and able to do the things that we want to do for ourselves as well. So I know a big theme around here on Spectrumly is self-care. And the fact that we've been very busy means we probably haven't had enough time for that. 
So I'm hopeful that we will make that space in our lives because you can't pour water from an empty cup, essentially. That's very true. Very, very true. So refilling your cup, however you do that, is very important. Yes. (laughs) Exercise. And like we always talk about routines and exercising, and I need to practice what I preach because I... I'm trying to get back into it. Yeah? Yeah? What are you doing? Um. About a year ago, I signed up for Orange Theory and I didn't think I was going to sign up, but I signed up because a friend of mine took me. We both said, we're going to go do this together to be accountability buddies. Let's see if we like our first class. And he he signed up. So I signed up because I wasn't going to let him sign up alone. And he, he is a lot more consistent than I am. And I have not been very consistent, but I'm still paying for the membership. And they had this challenge. So if you are an Orange Theory member, you probably are very aware of this. It's something that's nationwide, if not international, is that they do something called Hell Week for the week of Halloween, and they come up with their hardest workouts that are challenging, but doable is what they call them. If you ask me, you feel like you're going to splat and be jello at the end. (laughs) But if you take four of the eight Hell Week classes, you get a t-shirt. And my friend obviously was going to do it. And he's like, I want my t-shirt. I'm like, I am not letting you get a t-shirt and I am not getting a t-shirt. I am getting a t-shirt. <laughs> so you bet I signed up and I, I ended up taking five of the eight because I did two of them when I was out of town and you can't get your t-shirt from somewhere that you didn't register at. So I had to go take, I had to either wait until today when the week officially ended basically, or I had to just, you know, wait until it was all over and go, hi, I took my four. Can I have my t-shirt? But I picked up my t-shirt and I'm so proud of myself because I earned that thing. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) I have no idea if I'm ever going to wear it in public. Okay. Because I do not wear t-shirts that have a giant orange skull splat thingy on it and say Hell Week 2022 on them in public. It will probably only get worn around the house or at the gym. But I'm so proud of myself because I earned that thing. So Yes, you did. That's awesome, Haley. That's the little things in life. Yes. Look at how you can get motivated for a t-shirt. That's amazing. Well, you pay the registration fee, which basically pays for your t-shirt. <laughs> exactly. It's $15 to register. I'm getting my t-shirt. <laughs> and a little like skull splat lit up in the app that says you completed the challenge. Oh, that's great. That's- I, am, I am very easily convinced. <laughs> well, how are you going to keep this going? That's my question. Do we need um, a week? Do we need a t-shirt a month? <laughs> we- I don't know. They So they have signature workouts like every month you check the schedule. I do not do a lot of the, the signatures because your girl don't run. So uh-huh. like they have like a run for distance at the this some point this month. And then there's another one that's like a capture the flag where you have to hit these like different like distance points or whatever. And I'm like with a partner and I'm like, I don't do partners. And I don't run. So nope. But the way I'm going to keep it going is I'm going to try to keep three. If I can do three a week, I did good. Yeah, absolutely. Try, and I pick and I try to pick the days that are most consistent with my schedule okay. and the days that have the coaches that I like the best, the ones that are motivating and or attractive. Good. Be real. That's how that's how people go. They go they go for the ones that are that have great music, right? Are ridiculously good looking or just actually know what they're doing. Right. 
<laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, I'll I'll be part of your accountability. So remind me next time to ask you if you've gone three times a week. I think I absolutely will. And it's a it's a little thing, but it's something that I feel like has been helping me. Good. It's not because I'm a great athlete, because I am by no means an athlete. And I always say this very honestly to people. Whenever I get asked about fitness or whatever, I'm like, I'm not an athlete. I can't run. And I can still do things. Yeah. Go at my own pace. It's not, it's not me compared to somebody else there. It's me against me. Right. That if I can do my best for that day, then I did something right. Half the battle is showing up. Once I show up, it doesn't matter what I do. As long as I don't walk out before it's over. (laughs) There you go. I I can basically walk the whole time super, super slow and not hit any of like the little monitor things they want you to hit, but that's okay. No, that's I fine. Have to, I don't have to be earning all the points from getting a super high heart rate. I can, I can go slower if I need to. And I can also just trust my body. Exactly. And I don't care if the guy next to me is lifting 50 pounds, somethings while I could barely do 10. Right. Again, I'm not an athlete. Right. Well, you are an athlete. I, but- I, I, I take, I feel like I'm RBG with the little super diva and the little tiny weights. <laughs> there you go. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> those scenes from the documentary where she it has her trainer and she's like she has these tiny little dumbbells in her hands. Right. It's uh, all, all I remember about that scene. I could picture it perfectly. Is she has this sweatshirt on that says super diva. <laughs> and I'm like, that's me, the super diva with the tiny little weights. Except I'm not like that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but if she can do it, that like like she was doing it. Yes. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Listen, fitness or wellness, whatever. I don't like how it becomes this able accessible for the most part of who is fit, who is desirable. It's for certain people and not others. But you can always modify and do what you have to do to make it accessible to you because that's absolutely what I do. Right. Accessible and enjoyable. What keeps you going? And if it's, you know, a t-shirt keeps you going, if it's. Yeah, and I don't have to be a great runner. Right. Exactly. I don't feel shame that I can't run. Good. Good. Like that's just, I don't want to tread my knees. I, my my body just can't run. It just doesn't work. That's fine. That's fine. That's all right. Like, yes. Sometimes I feel a little self-conscious that the girl next to me is basically like running like eight miles an hour, but that's her body that. Right. 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 And if she's not out of breath during it, bless her. Exactly. 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 I do envy her only when she walks out of the studio and she's not like a sweaty mess and her, her ponytail still intact. <laughs> my, if you've ever seen me come out of something, I look so frizzy and so sweaty. <laughs> and like, I might've died in there. And then like, you see these girl that come out looking like nothing ever happened I don't understand it I really just like I don't know what you did but how do you not have like this big frizzy like fluff attached to you how between the sweat and the heat and your ponytail still straight (laughs) like who are you That makes me more self-conscious than anything else. (laughs) Isn't that so funny? I'm not one of those girls either. I don't understand it. I'll never be one of those girls. I don't get it. But hey, I I don't know. It's some magical thing that they have that I don't have. Yeah. If any of our listeners know that magic that keeps you from (laughs) being like a mess (laughs) and not being super sweaty and not 
frizzy with your hair, then please let me know because I'm always very embarrassed by how frizzy my hair gets from just working out. <laughs> like it's it's comical almost. It's why I like I'm embarrassed and like I have gotten home if I go in the mornings, I have run into the shower and I have avoided putting my camera on certain Zoom meetings because I'm like, I'm sorry, my hair is still wet because it's better than you seeing me as a frizzy mess. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't but know. I'm also like, I don't get it. I don't get it either. <laughs> I don't get it. The more you know. <laughs> and I will be sure to possibly for a future episode have to actually show you my t-shirt. Yes, please do. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. I haven't taken it out of the package. <laughs> <laughs> but you have it. That's all that matters. I'm pretty sure I ordered the wrong size. <laughs> because I heard they ran small and apparently they didn't run small. No. What so it always takes t-shirts like a size or two up because I assume they're going to run small and are going to shrink. Right. <laughs> and this one I'm pretty sure is at least a size too big. And I'm going to figure out how to make it cute later. <laughs> there you, you go. Know, unless it just becomes that go to bed or wear to the gym shirt that's not going out in public. Right. Right. Which I think we've established it's probably not going out in public because I still right. keep everything PG. And right. don't shirts that say Hell Week on them. Right. Right. That's so great, though. You have it, and you got it. I'm really proud of you. It's Thank exciting. you. It's it's the little victories in life. So I know Absolutely. a lot of the times we celebrate, like, oh, you got this big award, you got honored here, you did that. It's like, yeah, this is my victory. I got a t-shirt. I Absolutely, to- you worked went hard four hard. classes last week to get my t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. It's the little things. But yep. that's my little life victory I guess well there's we got to celebrate the little life victories because that's what life's about that's what yes. we yeah and I like that even in like the the orange theory community especially that they have what they call non-scale victories so that it's not all just focused on people losing weight and stuff because diet culture oh, got it. yeah so I like this idea of non-scale victories mm-hmm. and that is my non-scale victory as I did it Per- yeah, I myself and I did the thing. Right, exactly. That's awesome. So we all deserve those victories from whatever it is, big or small. Whether it's that you told someone you love them for the first time, or you got a promotion, or you want a T-shirt. Right, right. Or you taught somebody how to take screenshots of their uh, damage on their house and how to uh, how to send them to people. Yeah. yeah. So it's the little things, and yeah. I'm extremely grateful for them. Mm-hmm. just like I am every conversation that we have here as as un, as unwieldy sometimes it gets in away from us in our we're still here became hey right. look I did something exactly I did a lot of little things and the little and things telling, and telling those stories about small things that somehow make a big impact on whether it's you or somebody else exactly I think that might be something we want to keep going along with as we stay here on spectrally as these small things that make a big impact and hopefully Something that we've said or done has made an impact on you. Sounds great. I think that's a good note for us to close on. What do you think? I agree. About making your impact that you could do big or small, no matter where you are. If you want to stay in touch with us, because after all, we are still here, which was the theme of this episode before we decided to talk about juries and service and community and victories in our little lives. Be sure to check out differentbrains.org and check out their Twitter and Instagram at DiffBrains. And don't forget to look for them on Facebook. If you are looking for me, I can be found at HaleyMoss.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or even TikTok for that matter. 
And I'm happy to get to stay in touch with you and learn more from one another. I can be found at cfiexperts.com. And please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. And don't hesitate to send questions to spectrumlyspeaking at gmail.com. Let's keep the conversation going. Spectrumly Speaking is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org.